What's up, everybody? This is Brent for Burgundy Blog, and welcome to a probably short surprise slash bonus episode of Burgundy Blogcast on this lovely Sunday afternoon, January 12th, as the NFL is currently right smack dab in the middle of the divisional round of the playoffs. Shockingly, the Titans whipped up on the Ravens last night. That was crazy. But I, of course, am uh, intending to touch on a few Redskins-specific news items from the last few days since my pod in the middle of last week, primarily addressing the hires of Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, Scott Turner, and of course the departure of Kevin O'Connell. Specifically, since then, we've learned new things about the futures of Eric Schaefer, uh, new guy Rob Rogers, and also Doug Williams, some of which I think have fairly important implications regarding Dan Snyder's new approach and the direction of the franchise. First, I want to clarify something I put out on Twitter last week that I probably should have addressed in the last pod because I think it confused and unnecessarily angered a lot of people and I'm still hearing about it and I'm a little sick of it. So this is regarding a tweet that I sent out that said something along the lines of, and I'm going to paraphrase myself here, I don't know enough about Scott Turner yet to say whether or not he's going to be better than Kevin O'Connell, but what I do know is that Dan Snyder has allowed Ron Rivera to let another young, buzzy offensive mind walk out the door so that Rivera could then hire North Turner's son instead. And this is what we call a, quote, good sign, end quote. And I guess the tone or connotations or possibly even the punctuation of this tweet was off-putting to many people, because one of the most common replies I got to that tweet is that I'm being unreasonable if I expected Dan Snyder to insert himself into the situation and overrule Rivera's plan in the greater context of having long objected to Snyder's meddlesome ways and interference with actual football people running the Redskins, that I was being hypocritical for complaining that Snyder let dashing prodigy flavor of the month Kevin O'Connell get out the door. That is totally, completely not what I meant to convey by that tweet. I'm sorry if it baffled you. Please, I beg of you, stop clogging up my mentions with angry replies to that tweet. Many, many people did get what I was trying to convey with that tweet, but if you didn't like it, allow me to elaborate. I think the very easy and very tempting thing for Dan Snyder to have done, with the background, of course, of having, even in the last few years, lost both Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay to defection, both of of whom having already gone on to greater successes than the Redskins have enjoyed in recent memory, or gosh, even distant memory. I think the easy thing and tempting thing for Dan to have done would have been to said to Ron Rivera or whoever he did hire to become the Redskins head coach that O'Connell, with his good looks and blossoming reputation and loose affiliation with Tom Brady as a former teammate, and having shown at least a little bit of chemistry at the very, very tail end of the year with Snyder's golden boy, Dwayne Haskins, I'm sure part of Dan Snyder wanted to tell Ron that O'Connell had to stay, that he was part of the deal that he was viewed as an asset to the organization and that the new coach would be expected to make it work with him and and retain him and obligate O'Connell to honor the final year of his contract with the Redskins in 2020 and keep him around as a potential successor. But instead, what Dan did was allow Ron to part ways with O'Connell and hire the son of a coach that Dan previously fired and who left DC on probably not the greatest of terms. Okay, in my tweet, when I referred to Scott Turner as Norv's son, I didn't mean it in a disparaging way to Scott, as was hopefully clear from my pod last week. I meant it in the sense that Scott Turner, of all people, probably would have been one of the last people that Dan Snyder would have looked to hire independently for that role if he himself had been in charge. So putting together those implications, what I was saying in that tweet and what I feel was that Dan let Ron dismiss or decline 
to retain or pursue at least, some talent that Dan probably had some reason to want to retain. And furthermore, replace O'Connell with the first degree relative of somebody who Dan previously terminated. So when I subsequently said that this is what we should call a, quote, good sign, the quotations were not sarcasm. I'm sorry if that threw some people. I wrote it in quotations as kind of a joke because there have not been many good signs around here for a long time. Until like the last two weeks. Not many at all. The last 10 years in Washington, from a football's perspective, have pretty much been one bad sign after another. And those quotation marks, part of a perhaps awkward joke about the fact that many of us might not even recognize a good sign anymore when it hit us in the face. It is truly, literally a very good sign that Dan Snyder obviously let Ron Rivera make this decision on his own. Passing on O'Connell and pursuing Scott Turner is about as obviously a Ron Rivera move and as obviously not a Dan Snyder move as we could have seen in this situation. It is a clear indicator that indeed Ron Rivera is steering the ship, at least for now, at least for now. And frankly, I think that's the most important implication of of the move itself. I really don't feel that O'Connell or Turner is such a clearly better option right now. They're both relatively young, fairly inexperienced coaches, still hoping and trying to make names for themselves having taken different paths to get where they are. But as far as I'm concerned, with limited information, it's kind of a coin flip as to which one I'd rather have Ron putting into the plans right now. The much, much more important thing that it says to me is that Ron called it, not Dan. And Dan probably would have had some reservations, but he let Ron do it anyway. That is a damn good sign. So then we learned that Eric Schaefer, long, long time Redskins employee and trusted sidekick to Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen as primary contract writer and negotiator and also general counsel, meaning I think miscellaneous legal expertise. Eric Schaefer, whose reputation in the local media and the national media, apparently among many player agents, is very good, is in fact out, totally gone, released from his contract, which was set to expire in May, but effective immediately parting ways with the Redskins. I'm not going to talk forever about this because my take is pretty simple. I believe that he did a really good job in his role in those responsibilities over these last 17 years. I believe he was creative in designing contracts that allowed the Redskins to occasionally go out and get expensive players for usually reasonable or at least not altogether outrageous contracts. And I'm sure he was part of keeping the Redskins in relatively good health with respect to the salary cap through most of Bruce Allen's tenure, and especially after that big penalty almost 10 years ago for trying to take advantage of the uncapped year for doing sketchy things with the contracts of Albert Hainsworth and D'Angelo Hall. To be clear, I doubt that those mistakes were on Schaefer, and I do credit him for helping them to dig out of that hole. However, I do not feel that Eric Schaefer was a special or unique or irreplaceable part of the Redskins' best plan going forward to crawl back to respectability. I just think he was a sharp guy, probably a good lawyer, and a conscientious cap manager, not a wizard. I don't know him personally, but that's my take, having read and listened to everything about him that I could find. I do think that Schaefer was a vestige of the past, a past that the Redskins must continue to actively distance themselves from at every possible juncture. Again, I'm not saying he was bad because they've been bad. He's probably been one of the best parts of their badness. But Schaefer's been here a long time and he's seen a lot of bad, ugly stuff. I don't have any reason to be sure that he hasn't developed some bad habits, having worked so long with scummy Bruce and done Bruce's bidding, in fact. Schaefer was a pretty big part of a culture that the Redskins desperately need to abandon. And being that I don't think, or at least I doubt, that he has special, unique, superlative traits that would have positioned the Redskins with significant advantage over competitors in the coming years, then I'm certainly not going to object strongly to his departure. Now, Rivera has brought in to take Schaefer's place, this guy Rob Rogers from Carolina, who was literally there on the first day that the Panthers organization started business. He was hired by Dom Capers, the first coach of the Panthers, initially as a temp, while Rogers was in the process of looking for 
a full-time gig, an actual start to an actual career, having just recently graduated from Harvard. Rodgers was there when the Panthers started. 25 years he worked for that organization, and he gradually got into contracts and contract negotiation. He became their resident capologist and also their chair of analytics, to whatever extent the Panthers were into analytics. I have absolutely no problem with Rob Rogers being the new Eric Schaefer. There are some similarities here to what I just said about Scott Turner and Kevin O'Connell. These are two individuals having, of course, taken different paths to where they are right now in their respective careers, but with fairly comparable degrees of experience, and as best I can tell, roughly equal or at least comparable league-wide reputations. And furthermore, the deciding factor, the thing that I, I would say pushes me off the fence and overall in favor of this swap is that this is clearly Ron's choice. This is another example of Dan Snyder allowing Ron to pass over a guy with long-time experience and familiarity with Dan and instead hire a guy with long-time familiarity with Ron, who's a total stranger to Dan. How can you not interpret this as a legit indicator of trust, power, and autonomy? Again, that's the number one most important thing we should be wishing for and asking for right now. And this is this is a great indicator of it. Really good prognostic indicator. Also, not trying to put too much stock in it, but having been the Panthers' resident analytics guy, maybe Rodgers will actually add a layer of depth to that role. I listened to a long interview he did on a Panthers podcast. It was super dry. I could barely make it through. But the guy came off as being pretty damn smart, so that's good enough for me. Lastly, Doug Williams got officially reassigned from Vice President of Player Personnel to Vice President of Player Development. In the accompanying press release, the Redskins did not explain what the Vice President of Player Development actually does. There's not even a sentence's worth of explanation about his new role. But I think it's reasonable to assume that this is some kind of position that will give him access to players and time and resources to assist them in their maturation into true professionals and to stay out of trouble. And I think all that just sounds perfectly, totally fine. I like that Doug did not get unceremoniously dropped. I like that his reputation is preserved. He remains a part of the organization because he's a true legend that most of us do respect. But I never really felt that he was ultra qualified or ultra accomplished in his personnel contributions to the team. He's not a great public speaker. In fact, he's a downright poor one. He put his foot in his own mouth several times when trying to address complicated or sticky situations to the media. To be entirely clear, I do not think he is an unintelligent person. I think he has excellent football instincts. He's been very successful in a variety of different football roles, both in college and in the pros. I suspect he's a very smart guy, but he's not a good verbal communicator in front of a microphone. So he was a poor fit for that component of his responsibilities. And although he may very well have a good eye for football talent, he said some things about his own job that made me uncomfortable about what he was doing. He constantly, repeatedly deferred any responsibility for helping the Redskins to identify and acquire players that were fits for the current scheme. He often said, I don't do the scheme thing. It was not a good look for a personnel executive. He always said he was staying in his lane, and he often described big decisions as being above his pay grade or over his head. These are things that he said over and over. I'm not... I'm not assuming them. He admitted or conceded these things many times. I realized that he famously is responsible, supposedly, for bringing uh, Adrian Peterson to the Redskins for his first tryout, which of course ultimately progressed into into his being the top running back for the Redskins for these last two years. That's fine, maybe so. But I'm perfectly satisfied with him having a role in player development and from a personnel standpoint, giving way to other individuals, including Kyle Smith, who I can only assume, at least for the short term, will, will have an increase in his own authority, especially over the draft. Other individuals like him whose scouting chops seem a little more credible. And I definitely, definitely feel a lot safer and more confident in Rivera being the guy to speak for the organization in the good times and the bad. There was a good nugget in a recent article in The Athletic by Ben Standig that the team has told the local media that Rivera is not expected to attend 
the Senior Bowl. Now, I would only be speculating as to the implications of that decision. Of course, we need to wait another couple weeks and see if that's actually the case. But if indeed Rivera's not going and he's trusting Kyle Smith to go and basically run the show down there in a very important part of the 2020 scouting process, it does kind of seem to me like like he's he's given Kyle a little bit of a leash right now, and, and maybe this is a test run. Maybe this is a test drive on a draft to be conducted almost entirely by Kyle Smith with lesser responsibilities at Kyle Smith's delegation. Now, that could be, as has been bounced around in reports, that Rivera just happens to know that whoever he's going to go after as his new, quote, GM-type person won't be available till after the draft. But I think it could also definitely be that Ron is going to give Kyle a legit shot to impress him and to earn his keep here and to prove his worth and maybe earn a promotion. And um, I think that's pretty cool. I'm good with that. I, I think Kyle Smith is a guy, uh, in, in my own investigation, um, who has indeed been responsible for many draft successes for the Redskins. And he too is a football family lifer. His dad, of course, was A.J. Smith, who was a very successful GM with the uh, Chargers. I kind of feel like of the two guys, Schaefer and Smith, who locally have been thought of as being good, even though the Redskins were bad. To me, Kyle is the one whose talent would be more useful and more applicable and would be more needed in this organization moving forward. So if indeed this draft is an opportunity for Kyle Smith to lay first claim on the new GM's title and grab it by the horns and run with it, then I think that's that's a that's a perfectly smart, prudent approach by Rivera. And obviously, I'll be hoping that the Redskins have a good draft anyway. But in particular, I, I would really like that outcome if Smith was able to really knock this draft out of the park and earn Rivera's trust. I think that'd be a lot more encouraging for the future than if after the draft, Rivera just went back into his Rolodex and summoned another former Carolina colleague in Marty Herney to come on up and join Panthers North. So let's all hope that Kyle Smith can really come into his own starting right now.